This is Calvary. My dear brothers and sisters, it is no longer the countdown to Calvary because Calvary happened on Good Friday. Today is Good Friday, day six, and this is Calvary. This is the day in which the torn was veil, the veil was torn, the new covenant was ushered in, our Savior was put on a cross because of our sins, because of our iniquities, because of our wrongdoing, and it is the day that he died for us. And brothers and sisters, it is a sad day of what happened 1,000 990 years ago, but it doesn't have to stay sad if you know what happens on Resurrection Sunday. But today we're going to focus on Good Friday, the crucifixion of our Lord. So let us begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters, today I'm going to read from St. Mark's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 22 to 39. Verse 22 starts right at Golgotha and ends when it comes to the centurion and says, Indeed, this must have been the Son of God. My dear brothers and sisters, let us read. And they bring him into the place called Golgotha, which being interpreted is the place of Calvary, or the place of the skulls. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he took it not. And crucifying him, they divided his garments, garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. And it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the inscription of his cause was written over the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand and the other on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, And with the wicked he was reputed. And they that passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads, and saying, Va, thou thou that destroyest the temple of God, and in three days buildest it up again, save thyself, coming down from the cross." In like manner, also the chief priests, mocking, said with the scribes one to another, He saved others, he himself he cannot save. Let Christ the King of Israel come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole earth until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabbathakani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of the standers by hearing said, Behold, he calleth Elias. And one, running and filling a sponge with vinegar and putting it upon a reed, gave him to drink, saying, Stay, let us see if Elias come to take him down. And Jesus, having cried out with a loud voice, gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in two from the top to the bottom. And the centurion who stood over against him, seeing that crying out in this manner, he had given up the ghost, said, Indeed, this man was the Son of God. My dear brothers and sisters, what a day like this is, that our Savior was in anguish, he was in pain, and he died for our sins because he loved us. My dear brothers and sisters, I want to share with you a few things today. I want to share with you the seven last words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But I also want to share with you a few things. The Bible tells us that none of his disciples and things, they stayed with him, but John, his apostle did, John the Beloved. And T.F. Tini once said, Jesus fed 5,000, but only 500 followed him after lunch. He had 12 disciples, but only three went further in the garden, and only one stood with him at the cross. My dear brothers and sisters, it goes on to say, the closer you get to the cross, the smaller the crowd becomes. 
My brothers and sisters, as we take up our cross daily in our lives and follow Christ, the smaller the crowd is going to become because when the world does not want us to associate ourselves with Jesus Christ, with his mercy and love, but also with the righteous anger that we talked about, to live a good and holy life. No, they want us to party. They want us to indulge in sex, in drunkenness, in drugs, in all kinds of sins. But we can't do that. So the closer we get to the cross, the closer we get to Christ, the smaller the crowd becomes. My dear brothers and sisters, I also want to share with you this. And this comes from Father Daniel Cooper, who was a member of the Society of St. Pius X. He has since went home to be with the Lord a couple years ago. But he was talking about this on Palm Sunday a few years ago. And I wanted to share what he had to say. And this is in accordance with holy tradition. He says, Golgotha, God knew from all eternity. Tradition holds that Noah took the relics of Adam, his skull and bones, and carried them with him on the ark. And he buried them in that very spot where Jesus would be crucified. And then some years later, it is said that on that very hill, that Abraham took his son for the sacrifice that Abraham thought was going to be his son Isaac. Divine providence guided them to do this. It seems by the fact that all four evangelists mentions Golgotha, which means in Hebrew, place of the skull. It gives a great credence to that tradition. God was doing, what was, what was God doing? He was teaching us that his divine son was dying not only for the sins of the world at the time, but for all the people past, present, and future. That he was dying for the whole human race, from Adam to the last person that will live, end quote. My dear brothers and sisters, when our Savior stretched forth his arms on his cross, I think of it like this. He stretched forth one arm representing the sins from the beginning of the world since the very first man, Adam. His body represents all the people of the world at that current time as he was being crucified. And his other arm stretches forth to the sins of the very last person on earth that it will cover. My dear brothers and sisters, Jesus stretched forth his arms for all humanity from the beginning to the very end. He stretched his arms for me and you. He was crucified because he loved both of us so much. He is the way, the truth. My dear brothers and sisters, he is the life and is the only way that we can go through to get to the Father, which is in the kingdom of God. My dear brothers and sisters, even if it would have just been you or just been me on this earth, he would have still came and died so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be reconciled back to our Lord, so that we could go to heaven when we die. My dear brothers and sisters, now I want to dive into the last seven words of Christ. The first word. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Luke 23, 34. The second word, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Luke 23, 43. My dear brothers and sisters, in many of the Gospels, we see that both thieves reviled Christ. They were saying mean things to him. But in Luke's Gospel, we see that there's the penitent thief, the good thief, which is St. Dismas, is believed in, according to holy tradition. And he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And of course, Jesus says, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. We see that the good thief who was reviling Jesus moments, maybe even an hour before, was like... Maybe this is truly the Son of God. Maybe this is the man who can wash away my sins. And of course, this would be baptism by desire, technically. And 
Jesus says, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This truly shows that up until the very moment we draw our last breath, Christ is willing to forgive us of every single sin and let us into his kingdom, into his house. So my brothers and sisters, whether you live out your life as a Christian or at the very last moments of your life, Jesus Christ will still save you just as he saved the penitent thief that was with him on the cross. The third word. Jesus said to his mother, woman, this is your son. Then he said to the disciple, this is your mother. John 19, 26 and 27. My dear brothers and sisters, this is talking about John. When Jesus looks at Mary and says, Mary, this is your son. And uh, then he says to John, John, this is your mother. Or son, uh, this is your mother. My dear brothers and sisters, in Isaiah 14, 7, uh, it says that the virgin will give birth to Emmanuel. And then in Matthew one twenty three, it tells us that Emmanuel is interpreted as God with us. Mary is the mother of God. And it states this because he, Emmanuel literally means God with us. So if Jesus Christ is God with us, then Mary is the mother of the God that is with us. And it is heresy to declare otherwise that Mary is not the mother of God. It is Nestorianism. My dear brothers and sisters, we must accept this very fact. And therefore, since we accept that Mary is the mother of God, then she is the mother of us all. She was the mother of John, and John, of course, took care of her, but she is the mother of all children of the church, all children of the bride of Christ. And I am so thankful to have Mary, to be able to call her my mother, and to pray the rosary, and to speak to her as a mother, because in these days and times, we need mothers, and we need fathers, and thank God we have the Father God in heaven, but most importantly, he was willing to give us his own mother. Jesus Christ gave us his own mother to take care of us, to intercede for us, and what a blessing that truly was when Jesus Christ did that on the cross. The fourth word, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or Eli, Eli, lama sabbathachnai, Matthew 27, 46. Or Eloi, Eloi, lama sabbathachnai, Mark 15, 34, which is the Aramaic translations. What I just read from the English comes from Matthew 27, 46 and Mark 15, 34. The fifth word, I thirst, John 19, 28. The sixth word, when Jesus had received the wine, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and handed over the Spirit, John nineteen thirty, And the seventh word, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit, Luke twenty three forty six. My dear brothers and sisters, it is believed to be that when Jesus was on the cross, he needed to be able to get air, so he had to jump up a little bit. So his last words, when he jumped up and cried out his last words, he jumped up, and it was truly something that was remarkable because he cried it out with a loud voice and then gave up his spirit. And we see that the centurion then says, Truly this must have been, or indeed this must have been, the Son of God. My dear brothers and sisters, Jesus was the Son of God. He was the man who tore the veil, brought in the new covenant so that we could be covered, not by the sacrifice of old, of animals, but that one sacrifice of Jesus Christ that we commemorate each time we go to Mass. And my dear brothers and sisters, how beautiful that truly is. 
My dear brothers and sisters, you may be living your life like it's Good Friday always, like you're being constantly crucified, but I want to tell you there is a Resurrection Sunday, and if you would allow Jesus Christ into your life, he would save you of every iniquity, every pain, every sin, every heartache you're in. Yes, you may go through heartaches on earth. Jesus never promised the journey was going to be easy, but he did promise he'd be right by our side every step of the way. My dear brothers and sisters, I want to leave you with this quote, this Good Friday, which comes from Pope Benedict XVI. There is, in fact, no other way in which one can be saved than by the cross. All offers that promise a less costly way will founder will prove to be false. My dear brothers and sisters, it is only by that cross that we can be saved. We cannot be saved by Muhammad. We can't be saved by Buddha. We can't be saved by agnostics or atheists. We can't save ourselves. We can only be saved by Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was crucified on a cross 2,000 years ago. And if you don't enter heaven, if you don't go through the Son, Jesus Christ, to get to the Father, you will never make it To see the Father, you will never make it to see the kingdom of God. So my dear brothers and sisters, I urge you today that if you're either on your way out or you're just starting out, get a hold of Jesus Christ. Cling to him. And my brothers and sisters, as long as you don't let him go, he will never let you go. But brothers and sisters, the door that Jesus Christ is trying to get onto doesn't open from the outside. It opens from the inside of your heart. And he stands knocking, ready for you to let him in. And when you're ready to let him in, he'll work miracles in your life. So my dear brothers and sisters, on this Good Friday, let us remember the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what he did for us because he loved us so much, because he wanted to free us from sin, from iniquity, from pain, from the eternal fires of hell. My brothers and sisters, oh, how sweet and precious the name of Jesus is. Oh, yes, my dear brothers and sisters. Join me tomorrow for Holy Saturday, day seven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God love you.